0: What I do know is that gold and silver are physical commodities, and and and, uh, and, the, and the demand for silver, particularly, and of course gold as well, is at levels that you know are not been seen you know in throughout my career. Um, and you know, on the gold side, you know, it's very uh, currency debasement you know issue. You know, a lot of people are buying gold you know to protect their wealth. You we're seeing. Governments around the world buy gold, and uh, like not just one government—you know, not just Russia, not just China—we're seeing multiple governments, central Mm -hmm. banks around the world buying gold. So why are they buying gold? Um, You know, they're doing it for a reason. You know, they—they must know something's going on. You know, the gig's up. You know, there's something going on behind the scenes. So I, you know, that's the trade I want to be on. I want to be on that side of that trade.
1: Welcome to, welcome to another RTD interview. Today, I'm excited to have first-time guest, Mr. Keith Newmeyer. He's the CEO of First Majestic Corp., as well as the chairman for First Mining Gold Corp. And today, he's joining us to share his thoughts on the economy, the importance of precious metals, as well as opportunities in the mining space. So, Keith, welcome to RTD Interviews.
0: Well, nice meeting you, Mike, for the first time.
1: Yes, sir. I appreciate you taking time to join us here on R2D. And as I mentioned before, going on air, I wanted to commend you for the great work you do as far as educating people and also doing a great job of providing people opportunities of, actually I'll say here, getting their weight up physically. But before we dive into the opportunities that uh, you're going to share with us, uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts on a couple of things. But for those that may not know who Keith Neumeyer is, do you mind giving us a quick rundown as to who you are and how you've arrived at this point in your career?
0: Uh, Sure. Okay. Um, I've been involved in the mining sector for 35 years. I started actually in the banking sector in the 80s. Uh, um, I may not look at, but I'm 61 and uh, I work for three of the largest uh, Canadian banks on the equity trading side of things um, from the early 80s to the late 80s. And uh, I was actually on the floor of the uh, Stock Exchange during the day of the great crash of uh, October 18th, 1987. So, you know, I've experienced a lot, seen a lot, um, I put my first company together in '91. It was a corporate company. Um, uh, it's very successful still today. I think it's got a north of a 10 billion dollar market cap and uh, I left that company in in, in 2000 and um, I, I kind of just re- kind of semi-retired for a couple of years and kind of dabbled in a few things and then put, put together my second company which was First Majestic Silver. Um, I'm currently CEO of that company and have been for almost 19 years now um first majestic silver for those people who don't know is one of the largest primary silver producers in the world we have six thousand employees um mostly in mexico we've just made a recent acquisition in nevada as well so so uh you know that's my full-time job um but what i what what occurred in um 2014 and 2015 is you know i just saw this um crazy valuations of gold stocks and uh you know, I was looking around, and I just was compelled to put together another company because you know the, the, the just the sheer valuations that I was experiencing. So I put together a technical team of individuals, uh, and I, I gave them a, a mission, and, and we and we worked on a list of criteria. You know, land tenure, permitability, holding costs, you know, grade, um, all those types of things. And we found um, a portfolio of, of what well, we found a group of companies that became our targets. And uh, there was 10 specific targets that I identified uh, in late 2014 that I wanted to acquire to put First Money and Gold together, which is the company we're talking about today. Okay. Um, um, and I'm the chairman of that company, the founder of that company. And from April 2015, the day it was, it was first uh, started trading uh, to mid 2016, we had bought six companies out of our top 10 gold uh, targets. Um, so pretty amazing achievement. And uh, uh, and I promised shareholders then that we were going to monetize these assets over time. And that's exactly what we've been doing.
1: All right. Well, I appreciate you for sharing that. And definitely looking forward to diving more into that and getting some more in-depth information to that. But before we get there, I'm curious to get your take on a variety of subject matter. And I think the one of the most important ones at this current timeframe has to be with the current, as I say, global monetary experiment we're all witnessing with the governments, you know, globally, as well as central banks, all working together fiscally and monetarily to try to keep this economy afloat. And I'm curious as an investor, and I'm assuming as a parent and as a citizen in general, you know, what are some things that concerns you the most? And what are some things you're keeping an eye on in regards to what's going on around us? (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's a pretty broad question. Uh, well, <laughs> it, 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 it concerns me. The governments feel they have the right to do what they're doing. You know, it, it's, it's it is shocking to me. You know, at least you know we have. You know, I, I saw. You know, uh, you know, I, I love the United States because you know you you have groups of people that just are fed up and they actually protest and uh, they actually you know don't put up with the, you know governments doing silly things. In Canada, you know, uh, I'm a Canadian and. Uh, Um, you know, we're, you know, we're a lot more passive. And uh, I think, you know, we allow our governments to kind of walk over us a little bit more. And in Europe, of course, same kind of thing, because, you know, Canada is very much almost like a quasi-European country in a way, you know, at least the mentality of the country is very European. And um, despite the fact we share a board of the United States, but, um, um, you know, so it's, 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 you know it is you know for the governments or the individuals that are running the government to for them to interfere with with markets you know the way they do you know they 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 think they're doing it to for the betterment of the people i guess uh, but quite honestly i think they're completely wrong in the the methods they use to you know um, uh, manage the, the the countries unfortunately.
1: All right. And you say you know interfere with markets. And I'm assuming that has a lot to do with the precious metals market, which, you know, spot price has been relatively calm and relaxed during all this asset price inflation, housing market, stock market. All those things are doing extremely well. And so as far as the, the, the intervention and, and interruptions in the actual discovery of the true spot price of gold and silver, what are your thoughts on that? Like, you know, is that something that can continue on for quite some time, given the environment we're in now, you think?
0: You know, it's and this is always the million-dollar question, right? You know, what well, what's going to change it? You know, what what, what you know what's going to change this methodology, or what, what's going to change the, the the way that these governments manage? You know, the affairs, of whatever. But uh, I don't I don't know. I don't have an answer. But but I but I what I do know is that so gold and silver are physical commodities, and and uh, and the, and the demand for silver, particularly, and of course gold as well is at levels that, you know, are not been seen, you know, in throughout my career. Um, and, you know, on the gold side, you know, it's very uh, currency debasement, you know, issue. You know, a lot of people are buying gold, you know, to protect their wealth. You know we're seeing uh, governments around the world buy gold and uh, like not just one government, you know, not just Russia, not just China. We're seeing multiple governments, central mm-hmm. banks around the world buying gold. So why are they buying gold? Um, you know, they're doing it for a reason. You know, they, they must know something's going on you know All right. or and and uh um so i just saw another announcement in another com- country i think it was in nigeria i believe it was um, um you know now buying gold um mm-hmm. but 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 uh, you know the you know the gig's up you know there's something going on behind the scenes so i you know that's the trade i want to be on i want to be on that side of that trade so mm-hmm. you know I do own physical. I do, of course, own mining stocks, including, of course, I'm a very large shareholder of First Mining Gold. But on the silver side, we're not only seeing the same phenomenon, we're actually seeing another phenomenon on top of that, which is just demand from industry, you know, industry. Mm-hmm. You know, with electric cars, uh, solar panels, the whole new green deal. Um, you know, this is putting a huge amount of pressure on the silver industry. So, you know, I, I'm in both markets and I'm in, you know, I, I, you know so I'm happy to be there.
1: Yeah. now back to just to little small note on the silver you said industrial side based upon your you know your knowledge of you know what's above ground is there enough above ground silver to meet the demand for this new climate change you know no carbon emissions go green you know electric and is there enough above ground to supply the current you know all government's demands for this whole this whole climate change push or is there just an either revalue the price to make sure it's uh, something that can be achievable you think? No, I think it's a
0: complete—it's a joke actually, because you know if I don't have my—I did some research on the uh, the automobile industry a couple months ago, actually, before that, probably six months ago. I don't have my notes in front of me, but um, there's—and I'll throw some numbers out to you. And if I'm a little bit off, you know, I apologize. But um, there's something in the order of um, 1.2, I think it's 1.2 or 1.4 billion automobiles sitting on the planet right now. Mm Um, and and um, there, there's approximately 90 million uh, automobiles sold every year uh, by the auto industry, uh, of which of that 90 million, four and a half million are electric cars. And uh, that number is going up, obviously. Um, we, you know, uh, an electric car uh, consumes more metal, substantially more metal, silver, copper and, and so on, zinc as well. Um, you know, than a fuel combustion car. Um, you know, it's, it's basically an electric car is basically a computer on wheels. Um, so, it, you know, it needs a lot of metal to, to make that thing work. Um, governments around the world want to take fuel combustion cars off the road. Some governments are saying 2030, some are saying, you know, 2040, but nevertheless, you know, you've got Audi and others out there saying, you know, we're going to stop producing fuel combustion cars by X date or 2030. I think the date they they threw out recently. Um, how are they going to, you know, uh, where's the metal coming from? So you're, you've got a fleet of 1.4 billion fuel combustion cars sitting on the planet. You're going to replace in 10 years with an electric vehicle. You know, we don't have the manufacturing capabilities to do it, for one, and we don't have the metal to do it for another. You know, we, we, you know, we need, uh, and this is why I'm a triple digit silver guy and a $3,000 gold guy and an $8 copper guy, because, uh, uh, because, you know, the miners just aren't producing enough metal to, to fill the needs of this new green deal that governments are pushing. Yeah.
1: now and just just I'm I'm curious to find out more because as I learn more about the mining space I have a gang of questions so I'll try to stick to my my, my list of questions here but as far mm-hmm. as the you know this whole past year this experience we've all had with the lockdowns I'm assuming I had to put a little bit of a glitch in certain mining operations different jurisdictions or whatnot did, did that also put a little bit of a, a hiccup in the current production level of you know precious metals in, in particular? where it's going to be a while to get caught back up, possibly, depending on what part of the world you're in? Yeah,
0: well, it's not a matter of getting caught back up. Um, uh, you know, 2020 was definitely a, a bit of a low for, mm-hmm. for world production of a variety of different things. You know, metals, of course, and silver, of course. So, so um, I think the silver production number for 2020 was 760 million ounces of um, uh, silver, I think the end the year before was uh, in 2019, it would have been about 840 million ounces. So there was a bit of a drop there. Some of that was due to COVID for sure. Uh, but some of it's just due to uh, dropping mine supply, you know, in the gold sector, you know, these big gold companies are running out of projects, you know, because grades are dropping and they're just you know, their reserves are dropping. And, and, and uh, so they're looking around for companies like First Mining Gold, you know, as potential targets. And then, you know, in the case of the silver industry, you know, you look at, um, you know, some of the big silver producers and uh, we're, we're producing less silver today than we did a couple of years ago. You know, um, just because it's it's harder and harder to find silver. Um, uh, uh, and I love both gold and silver, don't get me wrong, but there are totally different metals and you'll for different reasons. Um, uh, I just happen to own both. But, um, uh, you know, the mining ratio, which is quite an interesting um, ratio, and it's something I monitor, you know, for every one ounce of gold that's mined globally by the mining sector, uh, only eight ounces of silver gets mined.
1: Eight? So the signs of it decreasing? Because I remember I thought in the history books, it was nine, nine to one and 12 to one. Uh, so I heard different stories from different places. But what you're seeing is eight to one. That's right, yeah, and
0: uh, the, the, you know, the scientists believe mm-hmm. that there's like a 16 to 1 or 15 to 1 ratio in the Earth's crust. You oh, know? Right. And uh, so really, the mining ratio should be what's equal to the ratio that the scientists feel that, you know, sitting on the planet It's obviously not there. You know, so silver is a lot rarer than even the scientists suggest. And when I put first majestic together, you know, the ratio was around 11 or 12, and it's mm-hmm. now 8 so that just shows you that it's getting harder and harder to find silver and gold's in the same position.
1: Wow. So in your, in your career, it's decreasing. And so, you know, some people out here say that it's possibility of it being one-to-one in the probably the most extreme cases. Is that something that you think is probably down the line possibly
0: or? In, in, in the way of a price? Yes. <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know if,
0: uh, I, you know, that'd be, I suppose, good. And may, maybe not so good, but, uh, I, I, maybe our automobiles and cell phones would have to cost a little bit more to support that kind of metal price. But, um, you know, you know I, I don't know. It's a, like, I, I'm not that far along, you know, I'm a triple digit silver guy. You know, yeah. I, 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 and I I'm a $3,000 gold guy. So, you know, at $3,000 gold at, at, at 10 to one, that's, you know, $300 silver. Um, mm-hmm. uh, whether we see that, you know, I don't know, but, uh, I'm pretty confident that we're going to, you know, get, get into the, you know, hundred dollar kind of plus range. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty reasonable over the next couple of years. Um, you know, we saw a 30 to one ratio occur in April of 2011 when silver hit 50 bucks and gold hit 1900. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we went into a five-year, you know, kind of a bear market and uh, we're now resuming that bull market again, in my opinion, anyways. So, you know, as, as we get through this, this whole interest rate question that's floating around and inflation question that's floating around. You know, I think this bull market's going to resume and, uh, you know, gold's going to start to move again with with silver. All
1: right Now I'm curious to get your thoughts before we move on to first mining to get more information about that. I'm curious to get your thoughts on, you know, a lot of people, especially myself in the alternative media space, you know, we're talking a lot about, you know, June 28th, which happens to be the Basel III uh, date that was given. And so a lot of people have done a great job covering that in great detail and that's primarily focused on gold, but of course silver is always lumped in there because they they, they go tandem with each other. What are your thoughts on that? Is that, you think that's going to be something that'll be you know, issued down the line or is it something that, cause there's a lot of events going on that I can, I'm going to point it in a minute, but what are your thoughts about the whole Basel three situation? and What's and the, the whole, you know,
0: unfortunately I don't trust the government. So, <laughs> you know, you know anything <laughs> it, it, the, the government's try to do, I just like, you know, kind of shake my head. So, um, yeah, you know, I've lived, I listened to you know many of the commentary about different views. And, you know, what it appears to me is liquidity is going to dry up for sure um, because all of a sudden these banks have to follow different rules where they can't use margins and they can't use paper uh, uh, contracts. They actually actually have to physical and and so on and so forth. So there is a lot of sniffs of you know good news and and and, and potential, but I always you know have the uh, concern that there's always something going on behind the scenes to, 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 for, to, you know, to protect the banks and, and the wealthy. And uh, I, I don't know exactly what it all means.
1: Okay. Now last thing before we get to first mining, because uh, there's a lot of th- things worth talking about in the alternative media space that to give people through a reason to question. And so there's apparently a lot some, some interviews on about uh, some speculative unallocated accounts, some fractional reserve lending models by some, some some individuals out there in the metal space. And so what are your thoughts as just advice or information about owning physical and having exposure to, of course, the mining space, and then also the opportunity of being able to speculate and have unallocated storage in certain places or whatnot, you know, are those some things that concern you that, you know, you stay away from, or is it is this, just depend on a company or what are your thoughts about that?
0: Well, you know, you know, I think most, most of the people, you know, obviously your audience is different than the majority, but, um, you know, there's a group of people that, you know, just think that, you know, they can go among their daily lives and not have to protect themselves. Um, you know, I, I, I'm of a different view and, you know, where, are you know, we're seeing governments going crazy and, uh, um, Yeah. And just, you know, getting into this debt cycle that I don't think is, um, they can get out of, I think all the central banks, all the governments around the world have put themselves into a corner and, you know, that's why you're hearing, you know, this word reset showing up now, you know, where, you know, leaders of countries are talking about, you know, using COVID as a way of resetting the system. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, trying to figure out well what the heck does that mean? You know, what, you know, and, uh, you know, getting clear answers, you know, is, is, um, you know quite difficult you have to go into and read some of these documents that come out of the World bank and come out of De- Davos and you know other you know you know this g7 meeting that just occurred there's a interesting uh, publications that came out of that and it kind of gives you an idea you know of the direction of, of of some of these you know well the leading countries and uh quite honestly i think it's quite concerning and uh um you know i'm hoping that the millennials will wake up to this and uh you know, start to, uh, try to for- make change because it's, uh, the boomers are like myself, you know, we're kind of, you know, done. And, uh, mo- most of the boomers are, are part of the problem, quite frankly. Um, you know, so, so, you know, we need these, uh, younger crowd the millennials to really educate themselves on what the governments are doing right now. We need these younger people to really step up and, and yeah. take over some of these leading roles because, uh, it's, it's actually shocking, you know, to me that, uh, you know, what what is happening um, around the planet. And, uh, you know, I just feel that, you know, you've got to have gold and silver in your portfolio. And uh, I felt that way for over 20 years. So it's not something uh, it's new to me. It's just, uh, uh, you know, and then of course it comes down to, you you talked about mining stocks and so on and so forth, but, you know, you first have to get to the basis, you know, that, okay, you want to, get into this sector to protect yourself and then from there do you go into the mining sector? Do you start buying mining stocks? Mm-hmm. I gets it a little you know, some of some of them are, you know, you, there's three levels of a mining stock. There there's uh um, you can have your physical gold and silver you know in your home or wherever you store but uh, if you decide to you know be a little bit more speculative because you have a view that gold's going to go to 3000 or in my case or, or silver's going to go to hundred bucks as, as well in my case you know these mining stocks can actually um, uh, really help generate a lot of income you know because uh, you know they, they do outperform the metals. so if you have a view that gold's going to double then a good mining stock's likely going to you know go up 300 400 500%. And that's you know that's it's, you know you can see that from history that that occurs a good mining stock will outperform the metal. So then it's the matter of picking which ones and uh, uh, you've got producers of course like First Majestic would fall in that category, and then you've got developers which First Mining Gold would fall into that category, and then you've got the expiration, which is the most riskiest area to play. In. And you, know, you just have, it's all comes down to your personal risk tolerance.
1: Right. Right. Well, thank you for bringing that. That's a great segue into first mining, uh, first mining gold. So share with us a little bit. Uh, and as I mentioned before, you know, we're heavy precious metals holders. Some of us are dipping down into the, the, the second tier as you just gave us, uh, to the development side of things. So give us a little bit of insight as to first mining gold and uh, what you guys have going on currently.
0: Sure. Well, one of the key things we're going to talk about today is a dividend and that's, um, but before we get into that, um, You know, we should cover the portfolio. And uh, interestingly enough, you know, when I put this company together, we found, you know, through the analysis and we had picked 100 companies that fell into my criteria when I was putting First Mining Gold together. And um, they're spread all over the place. But as we drilled deeper, uh, we found that Canadian, Eastern Canadian gold projects were the cheapest, you know, by far. Like you know, these gold projects are trading at less than ten dollars an ounce back in twenty fourteen, which is unheard of. I've never seen valuations like that in my life, um, uh, and so we identified. So we broke that down, as I said earlier, to ten companies, and we went on our merry way and, and ended up picking up six of them. Uh, we've done some JV's. Uh, we we did a JV on the Hope Brook project just recently. Uh, we did another JV on. Um, Um, uh, the uh, Pickle Crow project as well, Uh, and and, then the Gold Line project, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in detail, we also did a deal on. Um, We've still got the Spring Pool project in our portfolio, 100% owner of that asset. It's one of the largest undeveloped gold projects in the world. Um, I think it's in the top five, uh, as far as I understand. And um, it has an MPV and that present value of about a billion um, dollars. Well, actually, current metal prices would actually be higher than that because that number was calculated at sixteen hundred dollars gold. So it would be higher. The entire market cap of First Mining Gold is two hundred million. Mm-hmm. So you have one asset that's worth, you know, five times the value of the entire business, and then you've got all the other assets on top of that. You know, we've got or First Mining Gold has about 120 million dollars in in marketable securities and it's on its balance sheet and these are shares it's it's received in different joint venture partners which we can get into details if you wish plus about north of 40 million dollars in cash so you know it's uh, and it's only mark trading at 200 million so it's yeah. got you know it, it, it's it's portfolio is valued at close to zero which is you know pretty crazy
1: now, share with us a little bit of those uh, some of those joint ventures you just referenced a moment ago, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, so, so the, the, the major, well, well, the Pickle Crow one is quite interesting. It's an Australian company, which we just received uh, 125 million shares in this company trading in Australia for that joint venture. So it's actually working out really well for First Mining, it's, it's, uh, and, and we still own 20% of it uh and and uh and it's free carried and uh we we own you know this big position in this company that's developing it which is pretty exciting place to be Mm -hmm. hope brook is the same kind of thing this is uh i'm not sure if your listeners know much about what's going on in newfoundland but um newfoundland's become this really hot spot for gold exploration you know in the planet is probably the most most popular place to be right now is Newfoundland. You know, there's been a couple of big discoveries there and uh, Hope Brook is in Newfoundland and uh, uh, we did a deal with a small company, which we're now 20% shareholders of, and uh, you know, they're going to put 20 million bucks into it and uh, we still own a big chunk of it and uh, we're going to see what they can do with it. And and uh, But the big one we're talking about today is the treasury metal transaction. And I'm not sure, you want to get into that right now?
1: Yes, feel free. Yes, dive right in. I'm excited to hear more about it.
0: Okay. Okay. Perfect. So, um, uh, Goldland um, was the name of the property, and uh, we acquired it back in 2015. And it, it adjoins a company called, or pardon me, a project called Goliath. Mm-hmm. And company that owns Goliath is a company called Treasury Metals, which is publicly traded on the Toronto Stock Exchange, trades around ninety cents a share, and um, uh, it's tried to buy. Its neighbor, which is Goldland, which First Mining scooped up back in 2015, um, several times. And uh, over the years, we've finally done a deal with them. And these two projects, Goliath and, and Goldland, should be in the same company anyways, because they're right beside each other. Yeah. Uh, uh, touch, they touch each other. Uh, goldland has got something in the order of 2 million ounces. Uh, Goliath has something in the order of a million ounces. Goliath is more advanced on the permitting stage. So, so and that's likely where the mills going to be built so it just made sense for us to to sell goldland to treasury metals but uh, uh, first mining gold got this quite large share position uh, we actually were paid 44 million shares plus uh, 22 million warrants I believe it was um, uh, for this uh, purchase you know, and we still have um, uh, royalty on top of that and, and so on so, I promise investors in First Mining Gold when I first put the company together back in 2015 that if an event like this ever happened, that we would spin out those shares or that cash to shareholders of First Mining Gold and that's exactly what's happening.
1: Interesting. So for those that are, as I mentioned before, new to this space here, you know, give us a little bit of the the scope of this particular opportunity right here in regards to First Mining Gold.
0: Sure. So. of the 44 million shares that First Mining Gold received from Treasury for the purchase of line, we're spinning out half of that. Mm-hmm. So 22 million shares will be spun out in mid-July, uh, plus all the warrants. So all the warrants, uh, and the warrants are priced at $1.50, I know it's above market. It's your Treasury trades at 90, but you got two years um, uh, to hopefully uh, do well with those warrants. But uh, mm-hmm. Um, the vote comes up. We have a uh, we have a special meeting coming up, at, or an AGM coming up at the end of June. Um, I'm assuming all shareholders will go in favor of it. Like, why wouldn't they vote in favor of it? Uh, you know, to get free stock in your account. Like, who's going to say no? Um, um, and then, then uh, a couple weeks later, if you, as long as you own the stock, if you own it already, then great, you're going to get your treasury shares in your account automatically. You don't have to do anything. Um, You know, I would suggest go to the first mining golds website, and then again because there are some forms and some some stuff uh, specifically for U.S. uh, investors, but um, that they may have to fill out depending on their own personal requirements. But um, it's all there on the company's website, and we actually have a calculator, which is pretty cool. Um, So you know, if you have ten thousand shares, uh, you can just type in ten thousand shares in the calculator. And it'll spit out how many shares that you would receive in Treasury and also the warrants, you know, on on around about July 15th.
1: Okay. So what I'll do is I'll put a lot of that information beneath this video here. And so uh, can you share with us, uh, I guess, the ticker symbol for First Mining Gold as well as where you guys listed all together? And of course, I'll put some information beneath us, but just for the sake of, you know, giving people some information directly from you. And then also, are you accessible to perhaps reach out or how can people find out more if they want to speak to somebody? Perhaps they got some questions. Is there anybody they can speak with?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. it is. It, some people, you know, may think this is complicated, but it's actually quite simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's really nothing that you have to do. The, this stock will literally just show up, you know, uh, in your brokerage account, you know, uh, sometime in July, assuming you've settled your first mining. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't wait until if you if people are interested in buying a stock. For one thing I would suggest you know buy it if you want to own a, a reasonable or what I would consider one of the best gold development companies are out there now of mm-hmm. course I'm on the chairman but uh, you, know, so, you know people should go to the website and look at the powerpoint and and, and see if it fits within their you know investment um, uh, needs or criteria mm-hmm. and, and, and if they do end up becoming a shareholder before I guess the 14th or 13th of July you know, they'll get a bonus, you know, and and, uh, it's not a bad thing to get a bonus, So it's like, it's like buying first mining at a discount. Uh, um, So, you know, go to firstmininggold.com and uh, if you need, uh, and I'm on Twitter, uh, Keith uh, underscore uh, Newmeyer. you know, feel free to follow me.
1: Okay, sounds good. Well, Keith Neumeyer, thank you for joining us on RTD Interviews. It was great to get your thoughts on what's going on and as well as this opportunity here for the viewers. And they all, as I mentioned, I'll have more information down below. But once again, looking forward to connecting with you later on this year, perhaps, and find out how things are going and uh, get your thoughts on where we're at at that current time. But once again, Keith, thank you for joining us on RTD Interviews. Well, great,
0: uh, Mike. Thanks. Uh, thanks for your time today.